When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is that it's great to be back for the start of a new season. Um, it's a delight to have you along with us on Oh What a Night. It wasn't a, a vintage Oh What a Night on the weekend, but that's okay. A warm welcome back to Hunter Godson, Jude Summerfield, Sean Walsh. Thank you so much for joining, gents. What a delight to have you. Yeah, we're back, baby. Yeah. Spurs back in the Premier League. Come on, guys. Guys, 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 Come on, you guys. Sean, are you look happy? It's too hot. I'm not happy. I'm smiling <laughs> through the pain. My team are bad and it's hot out. I don't like it. Yeah. Just before we started the podcast, we somehow, how do we get on talk, talking Strictly Come Dancing? Uh, <laughs> maybe because it wasn't a vintage Tottenham performance and we were saying. Get a three, but... yeah. Ah, uh, and that, yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. If you let's just let's just go off peace for a bit. If you're <laughs> rating the performance from the weekend, and we went for the strictly judges, and I'm talking like vintage strictly judges, the ones that I can remember. He used to go Craig Ribble Horde at the beginning. What would he have given that performance? Oof. Craig. Possibly a one. A two. He's not a nice man. Craig's tough. Yeah, one, one or th- one to two, and he would have one called or... it. Yeah, Craig is abysmal. Tough. Uh... <laughs> Who was next? Who was ne- Oh, Arlene Phillips. I don't even. Remember Arlene that. Phillips. Arlene. Yeah. <laughs> Arlene looked like she was melting. That's all I ever remembered about Arlene. She always looked <laughs> like she was on the verge of falling to pieces. <laughs> I think she was quite she stern as well, though, wasn't she? Maybe mm. like a four. 
a four, she would have said the first four. half was lovely, but uh, the second half <laughs> <laughs> really, really tailed off, to, really tailed off towards the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Len Goodman always gives everything seven. Yeah, so the... lovely Len. Yeah. <laughs> seven. Um, so he would have been fine, and then Bruno, I think he would have done. He would have been upset. Yeah, he wants to give mm. a ten. He can't give a ten. Yeah, he's all about yeah. passion, isn't he? Yeah. So he would have. He, 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 he <laughs> didn't see any passion. Fire! It makes no fire in my trouser. <laughs> so instead, <laughs> like it was a very, very passive doble at the weekend, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> very, very <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, I don't know where to begin. Let's start with look. Usually we do the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. I think. Let's start. Yeah, let's start with the good. So, has anyone got a good that they would like to chuck out into the ether? I have one. It's over. Sean, it's over, <laughs> he says. <laughs> um, I'd also put forward Undombele's first pass as a good thing. I love that pass. A good I thing. I enjoy that pass a lot. Uh, I mean, this, this, this is probably the shortest good we, we're going to do, arguably, all season. But there's... there's um, there's an argument to say that <clears throat> the good thing is maybe we're finding out that a few of these players aren't aren't good enough to play for Tottenham. Uh, Eric, like when I think when you have a, like a Davinson Sanchez sitting on the bench, for me, he's done a lot more in in the last few years to deserve a starting place than Eric Dyer, for instance. Um, I did think it was working as well with Davinson before. Like he, I, I thought Davinson mm. and Toby was seem to be working right i think we we've seen that Mourinho does like his favorites and he sort of sticks by them but right. but i said to you before didn't i like i don't think eric dyer's done enough to play for england and he's getting picked for england and i don't think he's done enough to play even for tottenham he's getting picked for tottenham so yeah i think i think in the in, you know it he didn't do that much wrong but at the key moment he he gets out jumped by but but so did i mean so did all of so I mean, yeah, tough one. Ben Davis still not good enough. Weirdly, I, I, I did. I, I, I look. I, I am taking some positives from the fact that Ndombele got onto the pitch, right? Because where I was watching the game, I was down. Um, I, I was in this really good position, so you could see strategically how it was playing out. And I was just like, we're desperate for something in between the lines. We're desperate for someone who can play a pass and drive us 20 yards further forward, you know, because it was a, it, we were quite passive. Um, so when Ndombele came on, I know he lost the ball a few times. It didn't look like he was trying to play that incisive pass or that pass that progressed us further forward. I mean, I guess I guess the others, the other things that you're looking at potentially are the fact that at least Duarte got, got time and when he got forward in that first half you saw exactly what he's been signed to do right to make those bursting runs into the box Jude you're you're you look at least semi-pleased by that um yeah I mean he had that chance didn't he dirty where um it seemed like Pickford just swung a leg and got lucky and mm. I don't want to get into what ifs maybe if they'd scored that we might have shut things down but anyway it was it was one chance but at least he um at least they did get into the box and they found him, which was which was nice. Um, and then we had Ben on the other side, sort of doing all sorts, sort of running yeah, in in Hammers's Hammers's shadow is what he yeah. was doing all day, wasn't he? he was chasing, oh. Literally chasing shadow. He didn't know whether to stick or twist mm. because Coleman Coleman didn't push up at all. 
and Hammers was just dropping inside, and Ben Davis, because he was been told to cover round, didn't know whether to go inside with Hammers Rodriguez or to drop in as a third centre back. So all you did, you you ended up with Hammers Rodriguez in tons of space, arguably the, the best technical player on the pitch, with all the room in the world to just play these lovely sweeping crossfield passes into the space that Dotti's leaving because he's been told to play basically as a right forward and Richarlison's like, right, I'll just stand here then. I thought both the fullbacks were completely ruined by the formation that we're playing. I'm not Ben Davis's biggest fan, but I think that in 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 that formation, Everton got it bang on. Hammers Rodriguez, you drop short, pick up the ball and play it into the space left by the right back. And they did it time and time and time and time again. And the risk of just perving on other people's <clears> teams. Like, he's got lovely technique, hasn't he? Oh, he <laughs> looks a got... class apart from any other player on the pitch, didn't he? When he, he, just played the ball. he wouldn't have the way done he just if Celso was on the pitch. Mm. But, I mean, obviously, Celso's not fully fit at the moment and he's got a bit yeah. of an injury, which is a bit worrying. But he plays exactly right, like pre-season Lamella. <laughs> we didn't he see do any... anything he wants. We didn't see any pre-season Lamella. Yes, in the game, I was quite surprised by that. But look, I suppose the point you got to take from that is that he brought Endon Belly on. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. That... Sure. Well, he does have to use these players, doesn't he? We might have played seven games by the time that this month's out. So True. there's there's no way he can get away without using like everyone in his squad. What can can anyone sort of explain to me? I know we're supposedly doing the good, but I, so I'm going to say what I thought was quite good. I know he was getting a fair amount of stick online, but I think Deli Ali actually had a fairly good 40 minutes before he got pulled, just in terms of linking the play together in a game that where we were moving the ball so slowly. And he noticed it because in the second half, we were awful when he came off because no one was doing that job. And Sissoko came on and, and basically, I don't know what Sissoko was on to do. I don't know if Sissoko knew what he was on to do. Mm. Yeah, it was a weird yeah. sub because Mourinho said like he brought off Delhi to bring on Sissoko because he wanted us to win more duels and all this kind of nonsense. And then someone found the stats and it turned out cause he moved Lucas Central so that he could win more duels. And Lucas won two of his 15 duels on Sunday. <laughs> and that's what it so, felt like, right? Watching it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was always that, like watching him. Did you? Did anyone see the bit in All or Nothing where Jose picked out on the analysis, we, I can't remember who he conceded against, but there was a defensive error, but he said it was because Delhi walked out of the space. Oh, it's Leipzig, he wasn't it? Delhi, right? It yeah. was Leipzig, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Ben Davis made the error for the penalty, smashed into whoever <laughs> yeah, it was. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't do that. But... There's about four Delhi's... penalties. <laughs> the hand comes up and he's like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't touch him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sort of looked around and was like, did I kill him? <laughs> Literally <laughs> spliced him in half. Um, but yeah, that, that I thought that was really interesting because I, when I when I watched that back, I st- I feel like yeah, maybe you're saying strategically he's got it slightly wrong to move out of that area. But I still think it's a massive lapse in concentration to whack someone in the air and not look over your shoulder. Um, perhaps that might have had something to do with it here. Maybe he's sort of like, look, you're not doing what I want. You're coming off. And from one point of view, you say. Yeah, fair enough. But then from the other point of view, you say, well, he was like our most intelligent player on the pitch. And if we're after intelligence, see you next Tuesdays. Mm. Like, he was doing a very good job of being one of them in the first half. Yeah, I think but, uh, he broke down. Uh, he was making those niggly fouls that are annoying as a team trying to counter attack. I mean, both teams are trying to counter attack. But it just so happened that 
you know, Spurs aren't good enough on the ball in Everton's half, and Everton weren't good, weren't quite good enough to take advantage of a really bad mistake in the first half. But yeah, he was breaking them down in areas worth and picking the ball up and just holding on to it, which is something you know, it's an underrated sort of talent to be able to just have the ball stick to you for ten seconds around the opponent's area and wait for players to get up to play. And uh, I mean, I just uh, yeah, so I thought I thought. Harsh to bring him off, but but I still thought he looked fairly sharp, and uh, you know I hope I hope he has a good season. And uh, you know, it is the first game of the season. That's that's the good. It's the first game of the season, so you know, hopefully it gets better. <laughs> and, and also, as to G's point, we we're, we're now about to enter a period where we're going to have an enormous amount of games very very quickly, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to kind of get over that one. And maybe that's a good as well opportunity just to kind of put that one to one side and and hopefully move on. Um, Shawnee, you can go first on the bad stuff. What have you got in mind? Uh, what's bad but not quite terrible? <laughs> uh, uh, I guess the bad might be that we have let a perfectly serviceable midfield option in Oliver Skip go out on loan. Uh, Norwich fans were absolutely raving about him after just one game there. And uh, at a time where I thought Horbeck started well, like first 10, 15 minutes, he was really getting in there, he was really proving that he can be a guy to break up the play and just disrupt um, Everton. But then for the rest of the game, it until really Ndombele came on, it felt like it was so easy to cut through us. It was so, so easy to just get through us. I'm, I'm, we, we, sp- we spoke a few times last season about Harry Winks. Whenever he has a good game, it's like, Oh, this guy can. This guy can be really good. He can be special. He's one of us. But then it's just too many times now where he's not anywhere near that level. He, he's so passive. He's not good defensively. He's not good offensively. He can keep the ball so so. It and now, if this is the plan we've got going forward, because I saw a lot of people were saying like, um, "What can we do with these players?" But he's offered out so many new contracts. He's personally requested these players to join and it's annoying that with all these games coming up like you said that we've lost a good option in the skip who looks like he's going to really kick on this year I guess but I guess the positive with that is that he will come back eventually yeah I, I, do you know what's interesting there Shawnee on the Winks front I think it's all about how you use him the idea of playing Hoybier like surely I, I Again, this could be me being naive, but I thought the idea of Hoybier was that he was going to be a, a really tough, ball-winning, gritty DM that would allow others to play in front, you know? That's how it sold to us, wasn't it? As the facilitator. Mm. I, I, I actually, <clears throat> I think what you saw at the weekend was Hoiberg so used to playing in a system where everyone knows what their job is and it is grilled on it and, and James Ward-Prowse did... Did a lot of running in that midfield with him. And what he's going to have to learn is how to play with the midfielders around him. And and in a team that currently I don't think is very comfortable with the system they're being asked to play. Or at least it doesn't look like the manager... Look, Mourinho's called, called the players out for being lazy already. Ben Davis is saying, I'm not so sure about that. It was a bit... You know, it, it rang of what... Do you remember at the beginning of last season when the play, when Poch was saying these players aren't running enough for me and a few players came back at him and said, well, when, it's not that, we just don't think the system really works. 
I think that these players are too scared to say that to Mourinho because of what he'd probably do to them is <laughs> stick them in the under twenty threes. But I think it, I think what one of the things that I I was really aware of at the weekend was Everton looked like every player knew what the system was, or at least every player knew what their job was in the system. And if you ask me what were, what were half the Spurs players' jobs in that team, well, I couldn't tell you what Son was there to do in the second half. I know what the full-backs were there to do. But apart from that, everyone else was, is just a bit like go out and play and make it happen. And um, yeah, but I'd say that was bad. It's just like, I, I still, I'm, after, what is it now, 10 months, I'm still not sure what 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 our style is. Like I can see when we play against the big teams who are going to really be on top of us, I actually think we're, you know that's that system works and you know the limited possession that works. But as we saw against Bournemouth, as we saw against a few other teams at the back end of last season, um, when we have a lot of the possession, it still doesn't look like we have a plan. Um, so but, um, I think that's really sorry. Go on, Shawnee. Go on, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, Hunter, you made a good point about Everton looking like they knew that we're doing. Interesting to know that Alan Decore and Hamad Rodriguez probably the three best players for them have only been there about a week mm. and they knew exactly what they were doing. They played really well. How can a team that have been together for so long now with a manager who's been there for 10 months, how can we not know what we're doing? The, the, the hard thing to look at, I think, strategically, is that I, I do understand, right? We want to make the, the pitch as wide as possible and you want to get the, the fullback up to support and turn it into a five going forward. Um then when you look in the midfield, I still am waiting for the spark. I'm still waiting for the person that's going to do that thing that means, right, those five attacking players can all make runs off the shoulder of the defender that's marking them. The other day, it seemed like we gently progressed up the pitch and then got into a position where our five attacking players were all then cramped and all over each other. And we've got to give credit to Everton. I mean, in terms of the way that they set up, it's mm. so fit for purpose. It's so it just does the job so well, and um, let's not forget a few months ago we had we played the same game against them, you know. Yeah, and it was we one. We literally yeah. played the same it game. Was a, it was the exact yeah. same game. It was, but it was fairly boring. Neither team creating a, a shed load of chances, but on that day we we got we got the win. Um, the worrying thing is, even since then, Everton looked like they're improving. Could we say the same thing about us? I don't know. Genuinely, I don't think so. Um, and like you said, they're, they're, those those players were playing their debuts. And Alan, I think, is a great signing. I'm surprised no no one else sort of came in for him. Decoure, I've banged that drum. <laughs> I can't bang that drum anymore. I said years ago I thought it would be a great signing to replace Moussa Dembele. Um, just in terms of his intensity, he's, he's got great, great feet and a really good build for the Premier League. Um, and and then Hamas Rodriguez. I mean, look, they took the risk, and if the risk pays off, they go like you're gonna have to pay big wages. You, you're not gonna have to pay much for him, but you are gonna have to pay big wages, yeah. and and you don't know what you're gonna get. But look, he came on. He was a classy. He, he's clearly been putting in the work off the pitch because he hasn't been playing much football. He just said, yeah, um, um, yeah, slightly slightly worrying. Do you know what though? I I think that. One thing that jumps out to me there is that we need a bit of a, we need like a, you're going to kill me for saying this, but we need a Modric. Mm. We need a guy that like, okay, whatever the system is, someone that you can pass the ball to under pressure, 
and he can just ghost away from someone or can just make that little bit of, of magic happen in the middle of the park. And I know we go on about Ndombele all the time, but that was that was something that Moussa Dembele used to do, right? You give the ball to him under pressure, and even when the system maybe wasn't working so much, he just eased the pressure on everyone and then just took the ball and took took the onus for transition on himself, you know? Mm. Um, right, Jude, any more things that you wanted to flag as perhaps not so good? Um, I'll go with uh, I'll, I'll go with Mo, Moussa... Post post match quotes, you know, um, bringing out the referee card, um, which I thought was, especially after his build as having a big old managerial philosophy philosophy change a year ago, mm. to see that like whipped out on the first day was quite demoralising. I'm sticking um, that in the ugly, Jude. You're sticking that Ge- in the ugly. Yeah, genuinely, I do. I do you just want to think... put pause on that? Should yeah, put pause on I'll that. Pause. Ugly? Yeah, <laughs> oh, there's plenty to be <laughs> said on that. Okay, yeah. okay. So in that case, let's do, let's let's move up. Let's just go straight into the ugly. Mm. So I've pressed pause. I'm now pressing play. Yeah, it was just a, it's just demoralising to hear him chat like that. Uh... Long story short, let's so let's break them down. Okay, I think the easiest thing to do here is to break them down because there was there was one that looked at the the referee and decision to move the free or, or like they, they took the free kick from slightly further forwards. There was one where there were talk the one on five live he wasn't particularly keen about the idea of of Everton being uh, as the reporter saying that Everton had played well and that they'd look comfortable in possession because he said that possession means nothing I think the one um the, the, what was the one on match of the day can anyone remember what the the match of the day one was there was a, there was one where it was like Jordan Pickford has made two miraculous saves and on another day we win the game yes. in that manner so Jude what would be your kind of when you look at those what would be kind of like your take because I I think on some level there's a little bit of him just putting up a bit of a shield and a bit of a barrier around the players because he will have known that that just wasn't that wasn't great I mean yeah I suppose it's a little bit of a shield it's just that when I when I hear referee chat it just seems like a classic Mourinho trope and I don't think it really gets us anywhere in terms of addressing anything like uh, the performance or, you know what? Referees are always going to referee games. That's always going to be an issue and we're not going to get past that. <laughs> so if we're going to bring that up every time we lose a game, um, that's that's not going to get us anywhere. Hmm. Um, in terms of like Pickford making a decent save, I mean, the, the alley shot was, was pretty tight to him and, the mm. the dirty one was was pretty that was that was an all right save he threw a leg in it and got all right got um, got lucky mm. um, but yeah I just didn't think out? just didn't think much of it afterwards you know Jude you know like like you said those chances right that, that came about I'm not I'm not a big XG guy like I'm not no me neither I'm not big on the whole like oh well this would have meant that and this would have meant that but one thing that I do for, the only thing that I think it is useful for is in terms of being able to measure the manner of the chances that we had because I look at that game and I think realistically there was only two two big chances that we that we had possibly three mm-hmm. and you would say big chances but for both of them it would they would have been very 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 good goals in terms of the way in which we broke down the defense I don't think Harry Kane had a clear-cut opportunity in the 
in the game, did he? No, I think he had a cross from Son, which he nearly got on the end of early on, didn't yeah. he? But that was that was pretty much it. Didn't get on the ball that much, um, which is concerning when you know we obviously say that he's always going to score goals, but he's going to need the ball from midfield somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and 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 that's then the that's then the difficulty when you come out and you do a post match interview that references decisions or the ball not being taken, a free kick not being taken from the right place or uh, the goalkeeper having a worldie. And Hunter, I don't know whether you agreed with this or not, but I, I, one thing that I'm really looking for as a Spurs fan is, is, is a kind of understanding of why we didn't create more chances. Yeah, I, I th- I'd, I'm all, I know he, he likes to keep his cards close to his chest. We, we know that about him. But he, I don't think he's endeared himself to Spurs fans enough to go out and blame the referee. People want to know why he why it hasn't worked for us today. People want to understand that from him first. Like, you know, with Chelsea and with Real Madrid, you know, he'd want he'd won various things so he could sort of go out and just talk nonsense after the game and on had to But I wanna know why did why did Ali come off and why did we lose any sort of attacking verve in the second half? And that like, you're talking about Son creating chances for Ali. I mean for Kane Son disappeared from the game because the ball wasn't going to him because Ali wasn't. Ali often drifts out wide left, giving Son the opportunity to come inside and pick up the ball. That wasn't happening anymore. I just like I want I want a tactical explanation as to why these things were happening. And yeah, I agree with Jude. I just thought it was just it was the Mourinho that I, lots of people used to really enjoy, right? And people have sort of that's become his thing. Like he comes out, he slates the referee, blah blah blah. But I never enjoyed it. It was never for me. I was always a bit like, yeah, right. That's his sort of song and dance. But yeah, I just think there's so much more to football than like the referee gave us a bad decision and all like the you know the goalie made good saves. We gave Everton a one-on-one that will probably go down as the miss of the season. But he doesn't. He's not going to mention that. And then Richarlison bends one two inches around the post about five minutes later. Like, again, he's not going to mention those chances because it. You know, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit that we should have won the game. But Everton, you know, Everton had their chances, and we'll, you know, we'll go and, um, you know, we'll go and we'll play the same against Southampton at the weekend. And who knows? It might work. The thing is, if we score first, and Scott Scott Saunders was telling us for United when they scored first, they they tend tended to do better. But you know, I've said it to you before. I'm never going to be on board with that style of football. Um, and, and especially when you've got to watch it 580 times this season, thanks to the Europa League. <laughs> I do. I, 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 yeah, I, I definitely take. I definitely take that point. I, I, I think part of the issue that a lot of Spurs fans, I think, are probably having at the moment is that it's one that we d- discussed on the studio show on the gas tank the other day. Is that if you're going to play that style of football, you have to win. You have to win. Because the fallout, if you don't, it's just that much more chaotic, is that much more extreme, and it's that much heavier. Because people have felt the entire time tightly wound because they're waiting for the like the team to do something. So, yes, it's great when you score first, but even then, I think, I think it's it's harder to emotionally invest in a game in a positive way when it's not being reflected on the pitch and it may well be fit for purpose but you have to win games and that's why during the restart you saw right we we won a lot of games but then when we lost to Sheffield United people were grumpy (laughs) like 
people were really unhappy with it. And I didn't actually feel like, I mean, we weren't great against Sheffield United, but it wasn't a massively differing style. It wasn't like we got it wrong tactically. We just played the same strategy and that time it didn't work, you know? Mm. Um, I think maybe, maybe a good way to finish is on a, I'm, I can't call it the beautiful, I'm going to call it the potential beautiful. <laughs> Jude, can you please just tell me 100% that Gareth Bale is a here we go? <laughs> no, I think I think Fabrizio's got that trademarked, so you know we'll have to get that cleared afterwards. TM. If we're gonna if we're gonna use here we go. Um, well, the piece we ran yesterday um, or the day before said that we were or Spurs were um, in front of about six or seven other Premier League clubs, um, and I see I've seen a few bits come out today, sort of suggesting the same thing. I think. Mark like you Ogden, said from ESPN, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that'd be nice, wouldn't it? God, imagine. In terms of a little boost for fans, that would be uh, that would be ideal, I think. If you oh. slide in ahead of Lucas, <laughs> I still think we need a we need a striker more than Gareth Bale. But I'm never going to say don't come home, Gareth. Give me a. Do you really play him up front? Yeah, I'd, I'd play him. I'd I think we could. Yeah, you front, could. Yeah, yeah but but. I, yeah. I think the thing like Jamora is that he works hard and he's really gritty. And I think I don't I don't think Bell would come in playing out wide and do that. I think he would probably go play four four two with Kane up there, put Son and Lucas wide. Yeah, which I'm not totally against. I guess. I think if you sign Bale, I mean, I love the way that just like oh, just get it. Done. <laughs> but if, you, if we sign Gareth Bale, even though we haven't got a, a backup striker, I'd be comfortable with Sonny leading the line, Bale leading the line, and Kane leading the line. I think that's enough, given the fact that you've got Bergvijn, you've got Lucas, you've got Lamella, you've got Lacelso potentially can move up and play in an advanced role as well. All that for me is that like fine going forward. I still think we would need someone creative. Or at least we need to invest heavily in the idea of Endombele coming through in, in a kind of midfield position. Um, it would give us a boost though, wouldn't it? Give us that kind of little bit of like positive energy. Yeah, I think a few of the, the, the transfer deals we've done so far have been have been called like good business, haven't they? Mm. So we got Heiberg from Southampton so we could shift Carl Walker-Peters, Joe Hart, um, Doherty seen as good business, but nothing really... I'm not against that. It's just nothing really to really be like. Right, we can go and do something this season. Yeah, that's the good bit. That is good business. Now you have to do the ambitious business, the stuff that shows that you're interested in winning. A, a you know, Spurs aren't good enough to win a trophy at the moment. I, I, I don't think so. With the with the other teams that are in and around us, um, as I've said to you several times. The problem with winning a, a trophy in this country is you have Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United. War, like All these teams now want to win these trophies. No one's turning a blind eye to the Carabao Cup. No one's turning a blind eye to the FA Cup. Everyone wants to win these trophies. Spurs have to be at their absolute best to win it. And I, you know, I, don't, I don't know if we're good enough to, to do it at the moment. Um, I think if you're talking about potentially beautiful things, Hainsey, the uh, the 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 potentially beautiful thing is that it is just the first game of the season. I've seen Spurs play play as bad on the first day of the season, I think, and it can quickly be forgotten with a few good results. Um, the only the only problem I think that the fans are having is that we saw that performance 
three or four times at the back end of last season and people just are just thinking, how do we improve now? We've had our time off. We had our six weeks or whatever it was to go away and try and come up with something different and it looked very similar. So we'll see. We'll see. Hunter, when you say um, about those performances, what are the ones that you look back at the back end of last season and go, it was, do you know what, that was deja vu. It reminded me of that. Well, the one that sticks out in my head, as I remember thinking that that was really bad, was um, the the Bournemouth game. Well, I just remember, I, I just, I remember thinking, I don't think we could play for a thousand years here and I don't think we'd score, which is you know, <laughs> never that encouraging. I thought the Crystal Palace game on the last game, game of the season was pretty drab. Playing for a point against the Palace team who hadn't scored in like, I can't even remember how many. Um, the and then they get you know there were the games against uh, the game against Leicester brilliant, but again Leicester were really naive, pushed really high up onto us, played exactly how Mourinho wanted us to Mourinho wanted them to play. Uh, we were good against Newcastle, the Arsenal fixture I loved. Even the Everton win though was like, like we said, it could have gone either way at the back end of last year an absolutely drab performance from both teams that we just the, even the goal the Celso deflected own goal I think it was um, it's just it, I think you'd I, I said it to you before Hainsey I think we're just seeing a lot of the same performances with the same tactics and I don't I don't know if Mourinho's doing it to try and sort of get the, get the players into getting used to playing it because maybe they're not used to playing what he's asking them to do yet which could be the case we, we see it with you know, it took Klopp a while, it took Pep a while, it took even took Poch a while. But it's ten months now. And I know it's a new season, so some people go, Oh well it's clean slate, the the but you know, it's very quickly people start to remember a few things from last season creeping in as well. So Yeah, and I think like so one of the things that I'd said to you guys before we started the show is I'm gonna do ten ten games. I'm gonna like I'll reflect after 10 games time and try not to be too heavily reactive at, at, at after one. But I think it's really, really important to recognise that we all said last season was a bit of a write-off, right? You come in midway through a season, lots to sort out, loads of changes, contract situations up in the air. I don't, I, I, I do have to say, I don't buy the injury thing so much. Like, I think... It was really frustrating that we had Sonny, Harry, Stevie Bergvine, Hugo Lloris all get big injuries last season. They're a part of football. Now, that's annoying and rubbish and so unfair that it was our best players that were out injured. But you have to have a system that can deal with the fact that players will get injured. You know, like It can't just be like, well, if all our starting 11 are fit for 56 games of the season, then we'll be great. That never happens. So... So in my mind, I'm like, right, let's give it 10 games and then let's look back on, on where we are and um, what, what's happened. Um, and then we can actually analyse whether things have got better or there's been changes or whether things are working or whether they're not. But, um, but hopefully by that point, we would have qualified to the group stage of the Europa League. We'd have got through the first couple of rounds of the Carabao Cup. A little bit of breathing room and we're down to one game a week or mm. one and a half on average. Uh, by October. Yeah, I just I don't want to hear 
then this this might just be me, but I think it gives Mourinho a great excuse that we're playing all these games. But really, I think you should be able to beat Leighton Orient with a B team. You should be able to beat uh, uh, Locomotive Plog, Plogdov, is it Plogdiv? Plogdiv, yeah. Um, with with a fairly weak team as well. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> let's not pretend that these are teams where you're going to need Harry Kane firing on all cylinders, or you're going to need every starting player. You know, we've got like the likes of Dennis Kirkin. Eric Lamella should be able to get some time here. I'm thinking, I, you know, Harvey White and Dombele. You know, these. You know, we're talking about international players mixed in with youth. That is what the Europa League is going to be used for. I want to see Ryan Sessegnon really thrive in that this year. I want to, see, you know, I think that see it as an opportunity rather than an absolute burden. And that's what I want our manager to do. I want him to go out and go right. We're going to give the the young guys the chance to really prove themselves here and now. And uh, you know, that's just that that positivity thing. That let's let's have some of that, some of that rather than like, oh, it's the referees for all the players are lazy. Um, that's just not my it's not my vibe. It's not my bag. Agreed, agreed. Look, I, I feel like it was a very fair appraisal today, and I know it might have sounded negative, but it was. That was that. That was the game that we watched. So um, I hope you enjoyed the pod today, guys. Remember to sub if you haven't. If you could leave us a review, we'd really, really appreciate it. Um, and then a, a rating as well. We'll be back next week, where by which point we will have played two more games and we will also be about to go straight into another one. So loads to dissect. I have to say, it's a lot more fun as well doing the pod once, once we've got proper football back. So thank you so much, Jude, Sean and Hunter. Make sure you check out those guys on social as well. We'll leave links for that in the description. And we'll see you all next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.